Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because I have to tell you a bit of a secret. I'm actually a spy, and my spy partner, they recently got killed. Wasn't me, I promise, but for some reason, I'm now the prime suspect, and I need to prove my innocence. So you can imagine, my innocence, a little bit more important than work. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get off work, to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favourite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. A real life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from Aussie comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even a pack of exploding gum. But this week, we have the fantastic Beck Charlwood. Beck has been on the comedy scene for nearly a decade. She's performed all over Australia. She's supported some of the biggest acts in Australia and overseas like Will Anderson, Jay Farrow and Josh Thomas. She also co-hosts a pretty great podcast called The Dude Cinema Podcast, which if you haven't listened to, have a listen. We do chat about it in the episode as well. This year, Beck will be performing her new show, Good Funny, which is, as she describes it, both good and funny, the Brisbane Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 11th to the 14th of May. You can also catch her show Toilet Seat Time Machine in Sydney from the 17th to the 19th of May. Get your tickets, as always, in the links below. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a Sickie. (coughs) Chuck a Sickie. Beck, thank you so much for coming on to Chucking a Sickie. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am currently not sick, but I'm looking for a day off. So this is a perfect time to get rehearsing. Uh, Probably not a good time to take a day off in the middle of fringe season and comedy festival season, but I like your ambition. Uh, Sorry, we can move the tickets. We'll shuffle the tickets. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. I never pull out. It's the, I don't see comedy as a job still, even though I've been doing it for so many years and it's the, my only form of employment now. Like if I'm chucking a sickie, it's never on a show. I'll go on stage with food poisoning. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if I get sick, I will not send an email. I will, I will just put an out of office <laughs> reply on the five messages I need to send in a day. Yeah, that's that's so fair. I'm just imagining you on stage with food poisoning, and I feel like that's a real like 4D experience for a show, which probably not not the best thing for a comedy show. You would think, but there's this magic thing in comedy called Doctor Stage, and what happens to performers is no matter how sick you are, no matter how ill you could be the like terminal on death's door and the second you are summoned to the stage your body just forgets <laughs> yeah. that you are sick like i remember um a gig that i did uh it was when i first started i was in the green room bathroom just like yakking and oh, out of everything and yeah. like sweating and my mascara is running down my face <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pull together. And I hear the MC call my name. So I just like wipe my mascara away. have a quick sip of water, walk onto stage, do my whole set, fine, flawless, and then come back out and just start up again. <laughs> yeah, start vomiting straight away. Crazy. <laughs> that, I guess it's just the adrenaline, right? It has to be something that people should just be prescribed going on stage, doing a quick <laughs> hour set, and they'll be fine. It will cure cancer. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and if only more people were performers, we'd all be better for it. Everyone would be exhausted of each other, but no one would be sick. It would be great. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because obviously you've started comedy a while ago in 2014, but you only did your first fringe show, I guess, in 2020. And then there was the mm. whole COVID thing. I guess for you, you started off in Perth in 2014. How has it changed, I guess, moving to Sydney and then going to the fringe and then having COVID and then unhaving COVID? I mean, it's been awesome. Like, I love doing comedy. It's my favorite because it's just chaos and there's no, like specific path to go along so I started in 2014 and then I moved to Sydney like a year later because I love Perth and it's great and there's awesome shows here and it's awesome comedy scene uh I waited a long time to do my hour show because I uh if you I feel like sometimes comedy can be a hostage situation like if you are at a bar and a comedy show starts and you didn't know it was happening, that can be a truly traumatic experience. Yeah. Or you drag a friend along to a show of a friend of a friend that you're like, I swear they're really good. And then it's terrible. And then you just never want to go see live comedy again. So I wanted to wait a good couple of years until I had, I knew I could do an hour that wasn't going to be the worst thing that people have ever seen, <laughs> at least at minimum. Um, and then I kicked it off and then COVID happened, uh, unfortunately. And I like to think that that was the higher powers almost giving me another year of being like, but let's make it like, let's make it a really good show. Like before yeah. you I demand everyone come and pay whatever $25 it is to sit and just hear you talk for an hour. Let's make sure that it's really, 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 really good. <laughs> yeah, I, lo I love that. I know that all, obviously in COVID, you did actually perform during that time. You were part of the lockdown series where you performed at the Opera House. So Yes. You know. Oh, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that one. There was another one I did that was not as good as that. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if you know it, don't say it. Don't say it. I don't want people right. to know about lips, it. Lips um, but the sealed. Opera House one was great. It was great. It was really cool. Um, it was very bizarre performing to uh an empty opera house uh for people that don't know over lockdown the city opera house did a great thing where they uh got performers to perform in uh the joan sutherland theater there the big empty space uh so you could have like content to put out and also yeah, the experience of performing at the opera house um but without of any of the audience whatsoever <laughs> yeah. um which, and look, in the moment, it did feel like a nightmare in real life of walking out to a stage and there's absolutely no one there. Yeah, and you just no tell your jokes tickets. to complete silence. <laughs> yeah. But still, like, the magi maj majesty of it all. The, yeah, what majesticness. Is it? The majesticness of it all. Yeah. Like, the pizzazz, the prestige. It still was all there, so it was freaking... And still available on YouTube if you want to go check it out. Yeah, it's, it's a weird concept, though, because obviously for comedians, a lot of the energy you get is from the crowd. So having an empty audience, especially at the Opera House of all places, must have been confronting but also exciting. Yeah, I, I got my first taste of what it's like to maybe be, like, a dramatic actor or, like, yeah. someone who does a TED talk, and it's like... you just a kind of silence is like kind of what you want a bit and yeah. just having no reaction whatsoever I, was like, I don't know how they do it I don't know I need I need noise I need feedback I need occasionally people yelling at me telling mm. me whether it's going well or not or just a fact about themselves that's my favorite I heard you mention though um that you had a you had actually a show that you did in the central coast where someone actually knew all of your all of your lines and that sounds like a terrible experience where you're like I'm doing the show but someone is someone's doing the show for me at the same time you have done so well on the research <laughs> i'm so impressed with you right now oh, harry st this oh, is stop <laughs> You're a, a proper pleasure. professional, and I feel I'm very famous right now. I'm having 
multiple accolades and stories brought up. This is of so course. cool. <laughs> Well, apparently I'm very famous on the Central Coast for this one woman who'd seen me perform before. Uh, uh, it was it was a big theatre show and everyone had been doing great. There were a great audience and I came out and I just, I didn't get them. And that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the all mark. the stories that I tell on podcasts. So please, if you've heard me talk a podcast, can tell you about bombing. That doesn't happen every single show. <laughs> They're just the fun stories to tell. Yeah. No. I guess you're not really performing at the Opera House or like, you know, supporting Will Anderson or Jay Farrah if, if you're not like killing it as well. Yeah. If you just heard me mention like who was at the gig and where it was and there was no story, it was a great gig. That's, all, <laughs> that's how you tell. But this woman in the Central Coast, um, it wasn't going well. So it was a lot of silence. So it was very easy to hear her and I could hear her chattering away. Uh, and I was like, what, what did you say? I was like, maybe this will, maybe this will fix it. And she goes, I've heard all of these jokes before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, did you like them? And she goes, not really. <laughs> oh, no. At least, I mean, at least she was honest. You know? At least she was honest and honest motivation to then you yeah. know, write some new jokes for next time I go back up the Senate coast. So. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be a while till you go back there. That does something to your confidence, I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, this is why people tour like annually. Like, so, yeah. you know, there's time for you to like regroup and do something different or people <laughs> to forget the set that you did for them. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Your new show this year that's coming around is Good Funny. What's what's that all about? Because I'm pretty excited to see it. Okay, so it, basically it's just a show that is both good and funny. Uh, we went with a marketing title this year rather than a creative one. Because um, yeah. <laughs> also my, my last show was like uh, very, like it had a, like a bit of a narrative flow to it. It was like very specifically about um, my sex life and my mum's disapproval of me talking about that on stage. Yeah, great um, combo, great combo. Yes, thank you. It's available on Vimeo if you want to go check it out. Um, but this year I just had like a bunch of, I just got a bunch of silly stories and jokes and also because of lockdown, I haven't had anything really like big or massive happen or, you know, a life changing. So it is just an hour, an hour of jokes about things that aren't really connected that have been going on in my life. But I promise it is both good and funny. Good and I mean, that's a criteria that I want for a comedy show. If it's good and funny, I'm satisfied, you know? Yes, great. I, the marketing works. <laughs> I do love that name. It is, it is pretty, it's a phenomenal name. And obviously you, you're doing the Perth, you're doing Melbourne. We're going to see you here in Sydney as well, which is really exciting. Um, for you, is is there any venues that you're performing at that you've you've really wanted to perform at uh, in this in this tour? Or I mean, you've done the Opera House, so it's hard <laughs> hard to say it's much better than that. Well, the Opera House, oh, amazing! I would uh, jump at a heartbeat to do any of these amazing theaters. But the best place to see comedy is in like a hundred seater venue, mm. like which is nice perfectly what I'm doing for this tour. Every single venue is like around a hundred seats, so it's like like nice and tight and like low ceilings and I can get to know some people and chat to people and I'm I'm really really stoked I'm in the uh Wild Oats Wine Bar at the Enmore Theatre which is a gorgeous venue it's got like it's got a balcony which is very (laughs) fancy so get your tickets early so you can get up in there and look down at me from above and feel better than me if that's what you're into get all the angles of you it's like a three I've never understood comedy that does 360 that has always been beyond my scope of understanding Oh, I could never. I I found a way of actually washing just the front of my hair for gigs. 
Because I'm like, they're never going to see the back. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> now that's forward thinking. That's commitment to the course right there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're speaking about all the awesome things that you've done, but we actually have to get in the headspace of some of the worst jobs that you've had. And you've been a comedian for quite a while now. Trying to think back before those days, what has been the worst job that you have ever had? This is an impossible question for me to answer because I um, have had so many jobs, full stop, and bad jobs uh, because uh, I, I have bipolar disorder and I also have ADHD. I know is another most annoying sentence you've <laughs> ever heard. I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't that way either. So I'm not very good at being employed. Uh, right. And what happens when you're not good at being very employed, the jobs over time don't get better and better. They get worse and worse. <laughs> so just to name a few off the top of my head, I uh, was a mascot. Uh, I was a giant foam phone at the V8 oh races. God. That is um, for a while. incredible. How did you even get that job? I, a gum tree, I think. Yeah. A very dodgy add-on gum tree that I should not <laughs> yeah. have answered. It was it was like two hours out of Perth, and I was having to drive out there every single day and put on. It was like thirty-five degrees, putting on this giant foam like phone it was too big for me as well so i had to like mm. stretch myself out and put my legs like real wide and long so it didn't like drag on the ground or wasn't constantly tripping over it was a billion degrees that was awful that uh really I, bad. yeah yeah I, I worked at ikea for a long time which i look i love uh the products at ikea love the culture customer service Ooh, that's always rough. I'm, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> it's never fun. It's it's never fun just being the person that gets shouted at. Yeah, particularly over lockdown when it was one of the only places that was open for people to go to, and everyone was yeah. stressed and hadn't been socialized. That was rough, <laughs> though. That was the one of the worst periods I think of working at IKEA was then. I can imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> like I just think the combination of people being inside their house, only being able to work on their house, like IKEA, Bunnings, like those are your outlets. And people working there, like they saved us during lockdown, but also would have had the absolute worst time ever. Oh my God. Like some of the interactions I had, I remember, I, and I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this. Woman This woman came up to me with a Tupperware container and it was just a generic Tupperware container. And she goes, excuse me, um, what, what can I put in this? And I was like, <laughs> whatever you like and she's like no but what can <laughs> yeah. i put in it and i was like I, like food like water like whatever you like so it's an airtight container whatever you can fit in there you can yeah. put it in there and she's yeah. like no but like what can i put in it and i said your last remaining brain cell please <laughs> no um how did she respond to that? Um, well, she I was assume. pretty angry fair, and rightly so that's not how you speak to people <laughs> yeah. That was, and that was at the end of a 10 hour shift. Um, it's still not just fine, but she was like, let me go talk to your manager. And I said, he's over there. And then, uh, she started walking away and then I just, uh, disappeared into another section never to be found because how's she going to find me in that building? Yeah, that's you know? true. She, she, she'll well, get lost you get for years. Checkout, you've aged, you've had a family, you've got divorced. You don't remember me. You don't remember no. me in the Tupperware incident? <laughs> I just imagine her walking through there 10 years later, just with that Tupperware, just searching, searching for you. She's in, in a walking frame, just with the Tupperware being, what can I put in this? What can I put in this? 
Oh man, uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty awful. Yeah, pretty good. I also um uh, built self serve checkouts for a while. Oh, like m- manually built them for like Woolies and Coles and yeah, yeah. If you yeah, niche uh, job. Pretty much most self serve checkouts in Australia. If I uh, if you and most of your shops, I've built them. Like I like, like uh, thousands <laughs> upon thousands. I let the machines take over. I'm part of the problem. I let them take everyone's jobs and I'm so sorry, but I needed a job myself at the time. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you got to do it for, you got to be a bit selfish sometimes. And I feel like in that situation, yeah, you're causing thousands of people to lose their jobs. I get that. But for you, you know, (laughs) got to pay the bills. (laughs) I got to pay the bills. Also as well, the factory was in the middle of a giant cemetery, like way, way, way out of the city. So it took me two buses to get there and then there wasn't a bus that went to the actual factory it just went to the edge of the cemetery so every day (laughs) at 6am as the sun is rising I'm having to walk (laughs) through the cemetery and then as it's setting later walking 15 minutes all the way back out to catch the bus home that is that is so bleak it also just starts your day on I'd say probably the worst note ever yeah it's not it doesn't give you a lot of hope it's like the machines are taking over we are, we're all going to die. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, out of the three that you've told me so far, that sounds the worst just because of the context with it as well. Yeah. It just sounds terrible. It's a pretty big bummer. Although the one that takes the cake uh, mm. is I was a barista for 36 hours on Rottnest <laughs> Island. God. Okay. How did you lose your job in 36 hours? <laughs> so basically, here's what happened. I uh, had, I was living in Perth at the time. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, Rottnest is an island that's just like a couple of kilometers uh, off the coast of Perth. It's gorgeous. It's a fantastic Very holiday. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, destination. It's where the quokkas are. Get a selfie with a quokka. Um, and I had uh, a little manic episode and I quit my job. I dropped out of uni. Uh, I and I was like, I'm gonna go live on the island. I'm just gonna be an island girl. <laughs> yeah. And I just applied With the, for you and the quackers. Yeah, me and the quackers hanging out. I don't need to like you know. I know. Yes, I'm doing fantastic at my degree. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I'm pretty sure of what it's been a year. I don't think hex even counts at that point. Yeah. No, no it's free at that point yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I didn't think it through, uh, applied for a job and was, uh, without an interview, was accepted. Always a red flag. Mm, bad sign. Always Such a, a bad flag. sign. Um, never made a coffee in my life, by the way. I never... Oh, do you drink coffee? I drink a ton of coffee, but I never... Okay, I, but I never drink mostly instant coffee, coffee too. So, <laughs> Which is not the standard you want from a barista. God, no, no. I had no idea what even a good coffee tasted like. They didn't even ask in the, like application do you like coffee <laughs> nothing there nothing yeah and they so took you I, on a prayer yes yeah yeah they were like i like her vibe she seems chaotic <laughs> seems like she did by all of these different employers it seems like she definitely needs a lot of coffee yeah <laughs> so i went over and uh on day one they told me that they're like okay so uh how we do it here is you work a 14-hour shift but we're legally allowed to do it because we give you a five-minute break every hour. Oh, my. That is definitely not legal. That's got to be a loophole. Absolutely illegal. Absolutely legal. But I was 18 at the time, and no one tells you these laws no. when you're at school or after school. 
And especially when <laughs> you're a bad employee, no one wants to explain these things to you. <laughs> yeah, five minutes every hour, which means you're getting, what, 75 minutes of breaks in the, yeah. in the course of 14 hours. Yeah. That's horrendous. Yeah. And I was looking at all these other workers just like breezing through a shift, like going like, oh, I was like, how are these guys doing it? Like, I'm exhausted. I've burned yeah. every single coffee that I've made. The line of like complaints is just never ending. I haven't seen a smiling face this yeah. whole shift. Uh, and so then at the end of the day, I'm like downtrodden. I'm so upset. I'm starting to realize that I've made a horrible mistake. Uh, and I go to the living quarters because you live on the island when you're there of and you course, live yeah. with all the staff. And uh, I go in and there is just a dormitory with six bunk beds. We're all sleeping together. Um, they don't have any bedding. They've just got a mattress. I didn't, I didn't bring anything with me. I was not yeah. told. I was not prepped. So <laughs> I curl up in this mattress and I was like, I've made a horrible mistake i shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be here this is such that a is horrible mistake awful and, yeah and then before i can even close my eyes one of the other workers kicks in the door and starts screaming be like they're after me they're after me they're coming oh, for me they're coming they're like rolling around on the ground being like nah. and i realize yeah. how everyone can get through these 14 hours and are fine with these working conditions is because they're all on meth it was a meth house. <laughs> oh, uh, and I thought the worst part of the story was going to be that you didn't know how to make coffee. This no. is, is so much worse. Yeah, I, I really yeah. hope this was like a long time ago. <laughs> like this wasn't any time recently. No, it's nearly 10 years ago. So I've almost done enough therapy to get out of the system. <laughs> the coffee house meth lab has to be one of the worst jobs I've ever heard of. Yeah. Yeah, pretty grim. So the next day, went into work, finished my shift, uh, and then packed all my bags and got straight on the boat home. I was like, I'm <laughs> out of here. I'm done. That is, it's also just terrifying. Like, as an 18-year-old, like, seeing someone having, like, a on meth would be probably one of the most chaotic and terrifying experiences of your, of your young life. Yeah, because I think we've all seen a meth head, like, across the street or, like, you know, at a distance away in a park, but like yeah. when you're confined to like a very small room and like, and her bed was next to mine too. So I was like, well, it's <laughs> not like she's going to get any further away or anything. Like, just... Yeah, <laughs> she's, she is right next to me. I think being locked in a room with a meth head is probably a nightmare for most people. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not, it's not what I would be signing up for. That's for sure. Oh, that sounds absolutely terrible. So have you ever been back to Rottnest Island since that time? I'm actually going in like three days and I'm oh, so excited. <laughs> Please I... make sure that they have fixed whatever the hell was going on there. That is a work health and safety <laughs> risk to the max. You know, I think I'm, it's been long enough now that I'm willing to go in there and like just have a little scope out and see what it's like there. If it's yeah. still like the same people or the same vibe or they've cleaned it up. I'll let, I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know. Yeah. I feel like if there's still people there, something has gone very wrong with their life. Yeah. <laughs> if it's been that amount of time in this, I guess, yeah, if they're on meth, it's also probably not a great yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah. I think that might be the big thing first. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Chukasiki. <laughs> All right, so this is the worst job you've ever had. Have you ever um, chucked a sickie or given like a, you know, good excuse for getting out of work? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I love <laughs> chucking a sickie um, as someone who's one of the most unreliable employees. If you're an employer of mine who's listening to this, you they're just lifting off in their heads 
all yeah, the things all the that excuses. car broke down, a tire came off, the bus didn't come. I'm just very upset. Uh, my <laughs> uncle died. My aunt died. My other uncle died. My other aunt died. My cousin, yeah. like, just, you know, like, I saw the news about, like, Harambe, and it made me so upset <laughs> I can't come in today. Just an awful excuses. <laughs> I, I think the news of Harambe is okay. it definitely definitely the best of what you've said before. I think it affected all of us deeply, and we all should have. It should have been a public holiday, a national day of mourning. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. Did they believe the excuses, or they just didn't give a shit, and they were just like, you know what, I don't care, just don't come in. I think if I was a better employee, and when I was there, I contributed <laughs> and helped out more, they would have been more upset. I think it got to a point for a lot of them where they're like, this is honestly a relief. This is, <laughs> I'm just gonna say yes. I'm just not even gonna call you out for being a liar because it will be less stress off my plate <laughs> yeah it, it is surprising how many people that i've spoken to at this point that have when they've taken a sick day their bus doesn't blink twice they're just like i don't care just don't come in like yeah. it seems like at that point like there's no real repercussions they're like if you don't want to come in just don't come in like we don't want you here anyway but we can't fire you because the laws are too strict <laughs> yeah exactly and also i think there's a law around not like calling your workers freaking liars just be like <laughs> yeah. oh you're making it up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially nowadays with COVID, I feel like if you have like even the slightest of cough, you can now get out of work for like three weeks to a year. <laughs> like yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scope is so much broader. <laughs> People understand diseases so much more. They're like, don't come in when you're sick. Yeah. I, I think I might have said this before in a, in a previous podcast, but I came into work once when I had a lung infection because I was like, oh, it's just a bit of a cough. I'll be fine. I was at work maybe for an hour and then my boss actually sent me home because she's like, mate, there is something so wrong with you. And I went to the doctor and I had like severe lung infection was out for like two weeks. But this is pre-COVID. So I was like, oh, it's fine. It's just a little cough. Whereas nowadays I get a cough and I just isolate for the next you know week or two. Yeah. Yeah. You become the hero. You're like, well, it would be <laughs> irresponsible of me yeah. to go out into the world i'm doing everyone a favor it's so true that that character arc has really changed <laughs> yeah from bludger to hero <laughs> yeah. and so quickly as well which i love so for you i guess what is your favorite excuse or the excuse that you wish that you'd use as an excuse for a sick day because i reckon that oh. harambe one is pretty fantastic but if you've got something that can top that yeah, look, that one, uh, I think uh, I, uh, that one was a joke I had with a, a boss who knew that I just wasn't going to come in. Um, <laughs> what's cool there? My favorite one, because uh, I did a lot of uh, manual like labor work, like mm. so always like an injury is a good one because then you get a, a day off and also they want to give you the day off rather than you being like, well, I'd have to fill out. I think a day off will fix it rather than, filling out an incident report yeah, too and then much we got to talk to insurance and stuff and so then they're like no please stay home <laughs> till you're better and yeah. then when you come back you get to take things a little slow they don't give you any big jobs i think that's an investment is is faking a physical injury yeah that is a great one for a labor company without a doubt i reckon if you're working in an office and you're like oh, i've sprained my ankle they're probably like i, I don't <laughs> i don't care <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one won't fly as well. <laughs> no. Maybe like a uh, like a sore wrist. Yeah, 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 RSI or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
an you RS, really? if you're like, it might be RSI, they'll be like, rest, rest, because then yeah. also they got to they gotta play insurance for that. Yeah, Can you tell I was comp. actually a bad employee for how much I know <laughs> about insurance claims? I was going to say, the amount that you've thought about this is worrying for, as an employer, but as someone just chatting with you, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, there's no need to worry because I work for myself now and I'm, you know equally a bad employee but the only person i disappoint is me now <laughs> yourself. but i think you've also just gone the complete opposite right you've gone from a bad employee who would like fake multiple sickies get fired to if i am vomiting i will still go on stage <laughs> and that's how you know it's a passion that's yeah. how you know it's real <laughs> yeah that's that's fantastic so you've gotten out of work for today. You don't have to go to the meth-infested uh, barista coffee place in Rottenness Island. You've got an Great. injury, so you get the day off. And it's not a big night that you have ahead. You have a huge day. So obviously, Baraka Performance has a big day, not a big night. They haven't sponsored <laughs> us yet, but they will one day. I can almost see it. Um, what would be your Baraka Performance song to pump you up to start the day just right? Oh, okay. So this kind of like varies it depends like if i'm starting the day slow with like just getting a coffee having like a bit of a stretch you know like making a little to-do list or like it's going to be like doing something chill next i'm probably gonna pick a song from uh this band that i really love called the teenage dads oh fantastic band yes yes they like they're very fun like kind of like garage rocky and like but like a little bit fun and silly too and light-hearted I think that's like a really good place to start the day. I think they've also exploded as of late. I don't know if you've ever seen them in concert or I guess been following their trajectory, but I feel like over the past, I would say even year, they've really become huge in the in the Australian music scene. Yeah, oh, that is, I haven't seen them live yet, but every single person that I talk to them about is like, you have to see them live is like oh, fantastic. Have you seen them live? Yeah, their energy is, is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now that we've been in lockdown for two years, you better be excited to be on stage. <laughs> yeah. You better be bringing the energy and be pumped. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, is there a song for you from Teenage Dads that you would say, yeah, that's the song I want to listen to? Oh, it's their biggest, but I think it's their best, Teddy. Teddy is yeah. where I would start the day. I'm a big Hey Diego fan. I reckon oh, that, that I is love Hey Diego. Sneaky, one of, I mean, it's not that sneaky. Everyone knows it's one of their best. But yeah, that is, I think Teddy is a fantastic choice to start the day. But if it's not such a chill day, is there, a, is there yeah. an alternative? Because it sounds like you had something up your sleeve as well. Yes, you're an excellent host with a keen eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, so I have found like if I'm going to go for like a run or I'm going to work out, something to get me pumped and hyped for the day is any club track from the year 2012. Amen. Amen. I don't know what they were putting in the water that year, but every song is like, we are going to have the best (laughs) night of our lives. This is the best thing. Whoever you're crushing on right now, the love of your life, let's get a shot. Let's, we're never going to die every single (laughs) there's no need to be specific every single one has the same intense energy yeah i couldn't agree more i think that's also for me that was when i had like started going to clubs a bit more and 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 going out on the town and every time you're in there like everyone is just going mental you don't see that nowadays unless they're playing a song from that year yeah like even with like i because i went to um big day out in 2012 and it was like oh like 
everyone was going a thousand from 12 uh, uh, in the day and i had uh, a bunch of friends who went to laneway and were like oh music is sad now everyone <laughs> yeah. was sad it was so like low-key like no one was going like people got heat stroke for just staying stagnant <laughs> yeah. in the sun not like going hard in the marsh yeah so different big day out i think that year as well was either green day or red hot chili peppers with the headliners i think oh was it oh maybe it was metallica or oh, something like that. Big Day Out was, was I think, generational, but it yeah. <laughs> faded, faded pretty quickly. Faded pretty yes, quickly. Back in my day, we used to have a festival called yeah. Big Day Out. Big Day Out in Stereo Sonic. Uh, oh, one of the, oh, my one God. One of the best. Because <laughs> I feel like Stereo Sonic as well was just like all the 2010 hits. And if you're big, like, I remember I saw Psy at, at um, Stereo Sonic and he just played Gangnam Style like three times in a row. And I was like, okay. Yes. This, this captures everything that we know about this period of our lives. Give the people what they want. Yeah. Give them Gangnam Style three times. Why not? You've got to, right? You definitely have to. I think for him, he was so worried that people wouldn't know his other songs that he was like, if I just put this on repeat, no one will be upset. And you know what? It's like when they play Mr. Brightside in a club, you can play that like 10 times in a row and everyone will be like, oh my God, the best song ever. Yes. Oh, I went to see The Killers live and I'm like, I'm like, big killers fan of like yeah. all of their other stuff their news stuff and it was so interesting being because i was like well all the other fans will show up and it was just a full stadium of people waiting for them to play <laughs> mr bright's eye i was like it was 150 dollars a ticket you're paying 150 dollars <laughs> you mr bright's eye People are rich. People yeah. have money to burn. Evidently. It's just, it's nuts. I could never, uh, my big thing when I was growing up is I could never justify going to a concert unless I knew at least a few of their albums and knew majority of their discography. I think yeah. going for one song, like especially nowadays when it's so expensive, like what are you, what are you working as to be able to yeah. do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you want to hear Mr. Brightside in a big room, you go to end any bar in any city on a Saturday yeah. night, you will so hear true. it. <laughs> that is so true. Look, I think we're going to have to stick with Teddy from the Teenage Dads because I reckon yep. that's a fantastic choice to start the day. So you're pumped up. The Teenage Dads have got got you going. They've got their energy boosting through your through your speakers. Now you're feeling a bit peckish because you know you've gotten out of work. You've got the whole day in front of you. Where would you go in your local area for your favorite meal? Okay, well, we're talking like mid-morning here, so it's got to be a brunch. It's got to be a brunch. It can be a brunch. It can be a dinner. It's up to you. Okay, you know, oh, it can be any time of the day. It, let's let's just say it's any time of the day. We'll keep it broad. Okay, okay. I am going to go with, I am very obsessed with it at the moment, and I know it's a crime to say this in the middle of summer, but I love ramen. I'm obsessed oh, with ramen. Makes sense. It makes a lot and of I'm sense. Ramen's fantastic. And I'm getting like a shitty instant ramen, like something for like a dollar at the shops and then getting all of the condiments and vegetables and dressing it up and making it like a $20 ramen. <laughs> it's just, it feels very frugal and it feels very fun. And the accomplishment of being like, other people would eat this yeah. and not have the same experience. <laughs> They'll be like, this is garbage. This is food I eat when my paycheck's a little bit late. But for me, it's my favorite dish. <laughs> So so you're telling me you go into a store, you buy the $1 ramen and then uh -huh. you buy like fresh condiments or just the condiments that come with the ramen? No. So like uh, getting like a lot of stuff that's already in my cup. It's like rice wine vinegar, soy sauce, brown yep. sugar, uh, a bit of like uh, sriracha and stuff. And then you can you can get fresh vegetables. You can get like, your, you know, bok choy, pak choy, corn, uh, all those things. Or 
what you can get for really, really cheap, which is great because the cost of living is not good right now. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> dehydrated vegetables. And they're always yeah. in like the Asian food section. And then it's a little bit kind of like magical when you put them in the water and then they just like puff up. Like one of those like grow a dinosaur things that you put yeah. in the bath. But it's in like your that, ramen. but you put it in the ramen. Yeah. yeah. I do love that you're essentially making a really high class ramen, but instead of paying 25 bucks as you do in Sydney, you're literally getting it for, I'd say, $5.50. Yeah. At the exactly. end of it. Yeah, exactly. And then as well, because it's such a big meal, you don't need anything else for the rest of the day. If you're going to have one meal because the cost of living, once again, is not good, <laughs> do a $5 ramen. You won't be hungry for at least eight hours. Yeah, I guess I should have put in more of a, a scope to this podcast. You're, you have unlimited money in this podcast. So, what? Yeah, I should have probably should have I should have oh prefaced that. <laughs> should have prefaced that. Uh, so I love that you're doing the the five dollar ramen. But if you had unlimited funds and you could go anywhere in your city, <laughs> we can keep the five dollar ramen. But if you want to change okay. your app, I'm open. If you want to, it's it's up to you. I'm not forcing you one way or the other. I think honestly, I'm gonna stick with the five dollar ramen. Back it. Um, I back like that. It, if I'm having a day off, I don't want to go to like a really fancy venue and get like a big meal. I'm like, that's particularly because I'm from Sydney. So like, if you want to leave your suburb, it's a whole like logistical nightmare. Like yeah. you've got to set aside at least two extra hours for travel. And then like, even if you've unlimited parking, it's like even unlimited money. You're like, but parking's going to be fucked. <laughs> yeah. And even if I do have unlimited money, when I see $30 an hour, on the fucking sign that's going to yeah. make me angry even when I'm a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I think some things don't change though. It's like those millionaires that still bring like packed lunch. Like no one wants to spend that amount of money for something that sh is, should just be like free or, you know, at least not $30 an hour for parking in Bondi. Yes, yes. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Look, I love that you've gone for the ramen route. I also think you're one of the few people that chooses to make their own meal, which I which I back. Most people go out and I like that you're like, no, nah, this is perfect. Because I feel like as well, if you're making your own meal, you can have it anywhere you want. You're not confined yes. to a restaurant. So where are you going to have this meal? Oh, I... <laughs> I ha it has to be like in my house. Like I, you can't <laughs> yeah. take ramen on the road. Like you can't have it like in nice. a park or like even like it's a solo meal too. So I think yeah. it would, like it, I don't like eating ramen in front of people. It's a very like personal dish. So that that laksa for any any soup based dish, I, I hate eating because I know I'm gonna spill on myself. I have to sit there in my undies to eat it, and I have yes. witnesses that have seen me eat <laughs> such food in my underwear, and I can say that I still spill it everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's why you eat it in underwear. So you're like, well, I'm not stressed now. I'm exactly. like, it's easy to wipe off. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but if you're if you're at a restaurant sitting in your underwear, you get looks, and it happens all the time. Yeah, they should have booths for like this is the ramen booth where you strip completely yeah. naked and sit cross-legged on the ground and eat your ramen on like a low table. I think I think that's a good business idea. I'm happy to paint it here and now and say that that is our idea. No one can steal that booth so you can sit naked and eat ramen. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Now, we, we have a question that follows on from this, that if you could go anywhere in the world for your favorite meal, maybe it's something that you've eaten overseas. It could even be somewhere in Australia. Where oh. would you go for your perfect meal if it could be anywhere? Oh, this is a great question. 
I mean, I can't say that I would just like go to Japan to have ramen because we're gonna we're gonna do something else to the ramen. I mean, people are you can thinking that I have a problem. <laughs> you just really love sitting naked and eating ramen. <laughs> yeah, I love a soupy noodle in the dark. That's my thing. I think it would have to be. Oh, I mean, so like somewhere along the west coast, like anywhere a beach along the west coast, mm. like with just like some sort of seafood and a okay. rosé like if oh. I'm going to be bougie yeah 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 cuz WA has the best beaches sorry everywhere else but it's true I, mean, I think there's some contention around that I've never been to WA it is high on my list of places to go but then you're incorrect my dude then you're incorrect <laughs> then you can't be in the running if you haven't seen them they're no, fucking I phenomenal well, now I'm so excited um I can just imagine that it would just be like golden sand, clear water, just like seven miles of beach. Yeah, and sunshine and just like the water's like cooler and like it's and cleaner too. Like I find, looks, I do, you know, go to the beach in Sydney and I often find I get out of the water and I'm oily for some reason. (laughs) And it's, and you're like, then you're reminded of pollution and then you're like, oh, now I'm sad, not in WA, crystal, clear, water. So you get nice and salty and sunbaked and then you go sit up on the beach with like some maybe prawns or like oysters if we're talking unlimited money and a rosé. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It also sounds like just the absolute perfect, like on a clear summer's day, sitting on the beach with that does sound like just a dream, an absolute dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish you'd said the, like limitless money and locations at the start. And we would have just had, I would have just had a, a whole day at the beach. <laughs> now you've got to think about what you want to do this afternoon. So you can do anything. So there's no limit on how much money you have. There's no limit with who you can do it with. So if you want to have someone fly over to join you to do it, that's a possibility. Um, so if you could do anything in the afternoon, like Ferris Bueller on his day off, what would you do for your perfect afternoon? Okay, we're going to move away from the ocean, I think, for okay. the afternoon. And because we have unlimited money, what I would love to do is go take all of my closest friends yep. uh, who are all adults in their 30s and we hire out a time zone and <laughs> we just play arcade games because... There's not enough fun. And also when you're in your 30s, you're like, I don't think I should be allowed in a time zone. You are now. Yeah. <laughs> you are on my day off. And we can play all the goddamn games together. And we can finally get all the coins. We can do like that one, the one with the lines that go across and you got to line them all up. Yeah. You've, you've really thought about this. I reckon time zone is one of the most underrated activities to do. I did it a couple of weeks ago, actually, with some of my mates. And again, we were a lot older than everyone else there. But <laughs> it was incredible and i'm like i feel uncomfortable that i'm here but i'm having such a good time so like you're weighing it up like is this actually okay yes yeah you like even if i'm having a great time in a time zone i'm still like people are looking at me being like where's your baby like you shouldn't be allowed in here what's going on yeah is there is there specific games that you would want to play like they are the ones that you're racing to at the beginning I, for some reason, I think it's like they open the gate and you all get to run in at the same time. That's just what I'm yes. picturing. <laughs> that makes it so much more fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they cut a ribbon and everyone puts <laughs> their hands in the air and we scream and we go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> I think I'm running to Basketball Connect 4. Okay. That's, That's your go-to. Not, not the normal just like basketball, you, you need the Connect 4. No, I need the Connect 4 as well. It's too, It makes it more competitive. 
uh, which I have issues with, but not on this day <laughs> because I'm paying for everyone to have fun. So I've won immediately. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the basketball one, I, I am a huge basketball fan and I love going to the basketball one, but I'm just so bad at it. And the Connect Four, I can never play because I just like, I try and aim it and it just goes anywhere but the net. I like that though because then when it does, you can act like you meant to do it. Like, and, if, <laughs> yeah. and if it doesn't work out, you're like, "Well, this game's stupid." Like, there's no way it's got nothing to do with technique. Yeah, yeah, it's a win-win. It's like I've been playing basketball for years. This is all rigged. <laughs> That's great. So you've got all your friends, your close friends are there. Do you want any cameos? Like I always ask people, you know, because some people have chosen um, to do things with celebrities, but some people are just like, yeah, I just want a cam cameo from Kate Blanchett, you know, just to roll in. Is there anyone that you would like, like to pop in and play some games while you're there? Oh my God. Who would I want to celebrity cameo at my time zone party, I guess? Yeah. This, I mean, there would have to be someone who would be like willing to get into the game that would yeah. have like a lot of fun. I get Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Michael Keaton. I think he's sillier than people realize. I think he would have a really great time. I think after seeing Birdman, you see that side of him where you're like, I think he'd be bloody hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a comedian. Really? Like a stand up comedian. Yes. I did not and no know one that. knows about it. Yeah. Oh, he would be so much fun He'd then. Be, right. He'd be awesome. Playing Connect um, Four with him would be pretty awesome. Pretty fucking wild. Yeah. I think also um, oh, one of my favorite comedians, Nicole Byer. She's yeah. there just because I want to hang out. I want to trap her and I want to hang out with her. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it really gives you an opportunity at a time zone as well. It's like, it's why a lot of people go on dates there, right? Because you can just hang out and it's super informal but you don't have to have like those deeper meaningfuls, but it can happen. Like when you're playing a connect yeah. four and you just, you're just shooting the shit both literally and metaphorically. And then you have this, yeah. this in-depth conversation with Nicole Byers. Yeah. And you turn to be like, so what's your greatest loss in life? <laughs> you know? And then they're like, well, this game of connect four. Is yeah. And you're like, wow, awesome. I'm yeah. part of your life story forever now. <laughs> Oh, that's that's incredible. I have to ask, and I'm only asking this as a segue to speak about it, but will Alex Alex be there, of course, the co-host of your podcast? Yes, of course Alex J is there. Of yeah. course. She's the one that gets to cut the ribbon. Oh, I love that. So you obviously host a podcast called Dude Cinema where you talk about movies that guys have told you to see. And I've listened to a couple of episodes. I bloody love it. It's hilarious. Um, oh, thank you. But, but for you, is there any movies, I mean, you've said it in some of the podcasts where you're like, actually, this is now my favorite movie of all time. Because I've heard you speak about movies that you're like, actually, I love this film. I'm, I'm actually glad that I've seen it. But are there any for you that have just completely blown you away? Oh, yes. So many, which is great because it means we can keep doing the podcast. If we hated <laughs> yeah. every single one of the movies, there's no way we would have lasted and we kept going this long. Yeah. That's <laughs> but so But one fair. that blew me out of the water was Top Gun Maverick. I've heard such good things about it. I've never seen it, but I have heard that it is phenomenal. It was really because we also we hated the first Top Gun. We really? hated it so much. Yes. So we went in like gritting our teeth being like, oh, it's a sequel. It's like nearly 40 years later. Like Tom Cruise is still in it. He's still like a weirdo. And we loved it. I think it's yeah. one of our favorite movies that we've ever reviewed. That's that's incredible. So the list that you make of the movies, that is actual recommendations from people that you've met in life that said you have to watch this movie. Yes. Yes. And it <laughs> is, I think currently it started at 400 
Um, oh and that was God. like at its peak. And yeah. now we've chipped away that it's down to 250 around there. But because we have so many great listeners and people hear about the podcast all the time, it goes up and up and up. And we only release yeah. one episode a week. But <laughs> it'll be back up at 400 soon. And they won't stop making movies. Do you I know this? It's insane. And some of these movies really should not be made. <laughs> it's, oh, no, some of them yeah, really it's bad. Not... <laughs> I feel like, I mean, obviously you've been doing this, it's four years now. You've just celebrated your fourth birthday of doing the podcast. Are there any movies on your list that you're waiting for a special occasion to see that are at the top of the list, but you're like, no, we need the perfect setting to watch this movie? Oh gosh, so many. And it's, I mean, we, I think Mission Impossible is one that oh, we haven't yeah. done yet. I haven't done the first one. Just, yeah, no, I haven't, done, I haven't done any of them. Any oh, of them at all. Wow. And it's been so long. Um, we had, oh, one that we held off for ages was Groundhog Day. Oh, fantastic movie. The first few weeks we started the podcast, Will Anderson messaged us and was like, can I do Groundhog Day? And we're like, yep, that is reserved for Will Anderson (laughs) alone. We won't touch it. And then only 200 episodes later, he finally <laughs> came on the pod to do it. Uh, that suspense at its absolute best. Oh, yeah. He got he blue-balled us for so long. So, <laughs> and it was well worth it. It was a fantastic episode. It's Will Anderson. You wait for Will Anderson. You know? Yes, we've got to wait for the king. <laughs> he is a comedy legend in Australia, without a doubt. Look, it's a phenomenal concept for a podcast. And it's I, I listen to it. It's just, I love the way that you guys speak about the movie as well it's just so relatable especially for movies that like i've liked for example that my friends maybe haven't and it's like you know what yeah it's shit but we love it so it's okay yeah oh and, and that's what we want people to know is that you can still like be friends and interact with people even if they have terrible taste in movies yeah. it doesn't mean you should cut people off we can all have different opinions especially people who know nothing about movies yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so true well i recommend that everyone if you haven't listen to dude cinema it's a phenomenal podcast but i think oh i'm so sorry i have some bad news um the the owner of the meth barista coffee in rottenest island uh he's just He's calling you up. Uh, ring, 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 ring. I don't even know how someone that owns a meth lab speaks, but I can only assume it's incoherent. Um, look, Beck, uh, I just saw that you were hanging out with Michael Keaton in a time zone. I thought you said that you had um, you had an injury, so you couldn't come into work today. Um, yeah, I, I sprained my ankle. So <laughs> you can still hear it was with Michael Keaton with a sprained ankle. Like, I'm <laughs> still worried. It's on ice. I'm resting it. Like, if you actually look at the pictures, you can see that I'm sitting on a stool, which is, like, really embarrassing <laughs> for me. So, I'm like, kind of, like, emotionally a bit cut up right now. And I'm, like, really upset that you would just bring that up because, like, it's, like, this injury is, like, I'm, like, I don't even know when I'm going to be able to work next. And, like, like I'm, like, and I, you know, would hate to have to, like, if it keeps getting bad and, like, also I get, like, depressed that I'm definitely going to have to fill out an incident report. And I just, like, oh, I'm. I'm don't so want to sorry. get like insurance involved yeah. and stuff because like you work so hard and you definitely like aren't obeying the law and I would hate for like that to like <laughs> fall on you badly in some way, you know. I'm I'm so sorry. Look, maybe if you just have some meth, we'll move on. It'll be great. <laughs> you can come back to work, not a problem. 
Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go through your perfect day. So you start off the day in probably one of the worst situations I've ever heard of, a meth-infused barista at Rottnest Island. But you're getting out of the day because even though Harambe was sad, what's even worse is that you've got a lingering injury and you don't want to fill out that incident report. It just wouldn't be good for the team, especially if they are making 18-year-olds work 14 hours and, and serving them meth. Um, you're going to start off the day right with the teenage dads and their absolute banger of a hit, Teddy. And then after that, you're not, you don't want anything fancy. You just want something delicious. And you're taking a $1 ramen, making it your own, eating it at home and having just the most delicious ramen I've ever heard of. But then in the afternoon, you're going to go take your friends because you've, you've paid to take time zone. We're not, no cheap knockoff. You get the real thing, time zone, and you're going to go straight to the basketball connect four. But oh, what's this? Michael Keaton and Nicole Byers. They're just, they're just walking by. They hang out a bit. And that is your perfect sick day. How do you feel about that, Beck? I just fill me with so much serotonin. Like, yeah. I feel so good and, like, excited. And I'm just like, oh, wow, like, life is awesome. Like, yeah, sometimes you can pull a sickie into whatever you want. Yeah. But generally just hearing, like, some of my favorite things listed off is... You should be a therapist. You should. You, <laughs> this I is think the that's way a cure for to depression. do therapy. It is funny though, because I feel like at the end of this, if someone's like, oh, that sounds like a shit day, I'm like, well, that's your perfect day. So that's, that's yes. on you. If you don't love it, then like, you know, I'm taking no responsibility for this at all. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You don't have to come to time zone. That's fine. You're not yeah. invited. Oh, I, I relate to this so much with the time zone. It would definitely be up there for my perfect afternoon. But Beck, thank you so much for joining us on Chucking a Sickie. We're so excited to have you in Sydney very soon for the Sydney Comedy Festival and obviously all of the festivals that you're doing at the moment. Make sure to listen to Dude Cinema as well. Beck, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been so, so fun. I've had a great time, Harry. And thank you for listening, whoever you are. Chuck a Sickie. That is the perfect day off for Beck Charwood, one of the craziest work situations I think I've ever heard of, uh, and kind of terrifying as well. But at the same time, I gotta say, Beck's afternoon activity of time zone definitely resonates with me. A primo choice. Absolutely love that as your perfect afternoon. Now you can see Beck and all her hilarity at all of the festivals. She will be performing Good Funny at the Brisbane Comedy Festival from the 4th to the 7th of May and the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 11th and 14th of May. You can also check out, as I said, her show Toilet Seat Time Machine in Sydney from the 17th to the 19th of May. As always, make sure to like and subscribe. It means a lot to us. We appreciate you listening to the show and make sure to join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.